Good evening, everybody. This is Andy Elford, the host of All Andy Elford, and you are listening to a special edition of All Andy Elford, our Falcon Friday edition, right here on the Anchor Network. And you're listening to me on the plethora of platforms when it comes to the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes and Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen, wherever and whenever you listen, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning into the show. As you can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred, as well as on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred. Friday's edition of AllAndyAlfred, the Falcon Friday edition, is taped live in front of all of you on Facebook Live. So this show is unedited, uncensored, and full of content. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Guess who's back? All in the Alfred. And a shot at a goal. 24 runs in the span. I'm going to get shut out. Dumbino hit to a home run. Go home, Jack. That's way back. Put some extra relish on my hot dog. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Choo-choo, it's time for all Andy Alfred. After a full week off, yours truly is back on the air tonight. Lots to talk about. The Jackets go into the desert, battle the shootout, win in the desert. Now they head to Viva Las Vegas! Battle the Knights tomorrow night. The Walleye get the job done tonight and a big win against the Heartlanders. We'll be there tomorrow night to watch the fish play. Seven points. Really? Bowling Green only put seven points up against Miami of Ohio. This season's done. The season's done. It's over. It's done. This is this is it. The season is done. We're moving on. Moving on. But a big college football weekend could set up what is going to happen for the college football playoff. We'll dive into that tonight. The Lions are playing the Browns. The Battle of the Great Lakes happens tomorrow on Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock. Prediction and my thoughts on the game. And a busy holiday season is upon us right here on All Andy Alfred. After a week off on the air one week ago today, I did not feel at 100%. But tonight, I feel better. And then with the Jackets win yesterday, and a walleye win today, you know what? Let's cue the music, shall we?
You know why? Because it's... You know why? Yeah. Yeah. And we're looking forward to a great football weekend. I love you guys. And welcome into this Falcon Friday, Friday edition of Andy Alford right here on your exclusive home for me. That is the Anchor Network. And you are listening to me tonight on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for giving me your time and your effort to listen to what's happening in the sports world as well as what's happening in my life. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at all Andy Alford. It is at All Andy Alford, as well as Facebook.com slash All Andy Alford. And with it being a Friday night edition of All Andy Alford, it is on Facebook Live because we are on the book and on live tonight, right here in the man in the studios tonight. And it is truly a great pleasure to be with you guys on the air tonight. Of course, giving you some news and notes with myself, of course. Was not feeling all that well after Friday night's show. Developed a little bit of cough. Did not get COVID. It was a sinus infection. Uh, I was not feeling up for the show Monday night after the Jackets' big win over the Detroit Red Wings. Um, So I said, you know what? We'll scrap the show. I felt sick. Uh, I was not feeling at 100% to perform for you guys. So... We scratched it, thought about doing the show Tuesday, but then it's like, ah, we're right in the middle of action and Bowling Green's playing, so you know what? I'm not going to watch. I am not going to do a show. We'll wait till Friday to the show, but I'm back. I am 100% better. I feel great. We're getting ready for a huge week in sports with tonight, with, with tomorrow, tonight's hockey games, of course, with the big college football tomorrow. NFL on Sunday leads all into Thanksgiving Day with three football games on Thanksgiving and the big Ohio State-Michigan game going forward on next weekend in the big NFL slate. We are going to be talking and hitting you hard with, with the world of sports. So let's dive into it, of course. Uh, we're going to talk about week 11 of the NFL. You'll hear my predictions and my thoughts including the big win last night for the Patriots. Uh, are the Patriots back? I think they're back. They're absolutely back. Uh, we'll also dive into college football. We'll recap the pathetic performance at Miami University for the Bowling Green State University Falcons. We'll also dive into the uh, Rockets' big win over over Ohio. We'll talk about that, as well as hear my predictions for Week 12 of the college football slate. And we also dive into an Andy Rance tonight that's going to be an interesting one. Stay with us with that. As well as we're going to tie, dive in a little bit to the LPGA, a little golf, as they have released their schedule for the 2022 season. And you'll see where the marathon, the Dana Open now ranks 
into it. So there's that for you. First, we're going to talk about what's happening on the ice, first and foremost. And let's talk a little bit about what's happening in the Capital City team. Let's talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Jackets were in action last night in the desert. They took on the... They took on the Phoenix Coyotes, or the Arizona Coyotes, at Glen River Arena. As this was the last time that the the Jackets and the and the Coyotes will play in that arena because Arizona is being kicked out of their arena as of next season. So, you know, it's it was a little monumental in some aspects of the game. I figured it was going to be a, a, a slobber knocker of the game. I thought Columbus was going to be better performing than what they were on on uh, on than they were on opening night. I knew Arizona was going to attack, but I wasn't expecting Arizona to start off on the on the fast pace, especially against Elvis Merzlikas, as the former Jacket Ryan Zing getting its first goal of the season, coming back from injury, giving the Coyotes a one nothing lead. Uh, Galchenyuk is in uh, Cabranco. The assist one nothing Arizona at the five fifty nine mark in the first period. But the Jackets respond late in the first period as it was the captain Boone Jenner getting his eighth goal of the season from Voracek and Wierenski on the power play, and the Jackets were tied at one after twenty minutes. So the Jackets uh, up big, and then the hot dog himself, Phil Kessel getting his third goal of the season unassisted, beating Elvis Merzlikens, and it was 2-1 Arizona at the 16-29 mark of the of the second period, but the Jackets respond not even 20 seconds later as Boone Jenner, again, with the second of the night, getting his ninth of the season for Bjorkstrand and Jake Bean, and it was 2-2 Jackets, and then it happened, finally. This kid... Justin Danforth. This kid has been running through the ringer when it comes to sports. Running through the ringer with regarding of being in in the game of hockey. Has played in the ECHL with the Cincinnati Cyclones. Has played in the in Europe. He has played in the SPHL. He has played in the AHL with the Monsters. Got to get. Gets the call up on Monday, makes the road trip with the Jackets in Arizona, and it pays off. The kid gets the goal, his first professional NHL goal from Valislav Gavrikov, his seventh, and Jack Roslovic. It's three two Jackets, and I after that goal, I literally stood up where I was standing and gave him a standing ovation. He absolutely deserves this goal. And I am so grateful because a kid from the ECHL and from the Cincinnati Cyclones capitalizes on his opportunity and buries it. Buries it past Yellowbuck. So there's that for you. But but it was short-lived. The momentum for the Jackets was short-lived because at the 1927 mark of the, of the second period, it was Klaus getting its fifth of the season from Boyd and Chintrov. And it was tied at three after 40 minutes of play. We go to the third and the Zach attack. Zach Wierenski on the point, fires a shot. And it was credited to Boone Jenner on the power play, which gave him the hat trick. Now, I said it 
to my dad who was watching the game with me last night that that was a Wawrinski goal. It was never tipped. It was it went through the goaltender. It went through the goaltender, Wedgwood, and they credited it to Boone Jenner because Jenner was in the front of the net giving him the hat trick. The hats rained down at Glen River Arena. And it was, but it was Zach Wierenski getting his fourth of the season from Voracek and Bjorkstrand. 4-3 Columbus, 13 minutes, 37 mark of the third period on the power play. Jackets were up 4-3. to three. But not even 30 seconds later, the Coyotes respond back with an answer. And it's Chintron, his second of the season from Keller and Levitsky. Tying the game at four after 60 minutes of play. So through 60 minutes, it was a it was a shootout. It really was. One team would take the lead. The next team would take the uh, would respond back. And it was just a, it was just a dogfight for the most of the game. We get to the overtime period. It was totally dominated by the Arizona Coyotes in all aspects of the game. Uh, but the Jackets bounce back. Don't get any, don't allow any goals. So we go to the shootout. And it was Bjorkstrand getting blocked. It was uh, Galchenyuk for Arizona getting the goal, beating Elvis Merslinkets. Uh, but Jake Borchek on the third attempt gets the goal, continues the overtime. We go to not almost seven rounds of overtime, and the kid. Igor Chinikov gets the game winner, beating Wedgwood. Jackets win in the desert, 5-4. to four. Three stars of the game. The number three star was Ryan Dezingle. The number two star was Jacob Chinron. And the number one star was Boone Jenner with his two-goal performance. Shots on goal in the game. The Jackets led it in the shots department, 46-29. to 29. On the faceoff dot, the Jackets were 53% to Arizona's 47%. Jackets 2 for 4 in the power play. Arizona 0 for 3. Jackets were out hit in the game 18 to 16. They were out blocked in the game 23 to 12. Like I said, the Jackets led in all aspects in the shot department 12 to 9 after 20 minutes, 16 to 11 in the set in the second and 14 to 8. And the Jackets led in the shot department in overtime four shots to one. By the way, Wedgwood in the game stopped a total of 42 or 46 to save percentage of a point. 9-1-3 for the Jackets. It was Merslinkin stopping 25-29. of Save percentage of 0.862. So the Jackets, big win over the Arizona Coyotes. They now head into Vegas, baby. They go into Vegas. Bright light city, gonna set my soul. Gonna set my soul on fire. They're headed into Vegas tomorrow night. 10 o'clock puck drop at T-Mobile Arena. This is a big one. For the Jackets, this is a testament for them. Can are they a good competitive team? Can they not roll over like this, like the Detroit Red Wings last night? Can they win in Vegas? I think they can. We'll see how it all shakes out tomorrow. But looking at scores from around the league tonight, there's only two games, and they're all late games tonight. Actually, all going into the first period intermission as Winnipeg is in Vancouver to battle the Canucks. The Canucks up one to nothing after 20 minutes of play. Seattle is hosting Colorado. They're up two to nothing. Colorado is after 20 minutes of play. So Everett having a broadcast tonight. 
Uh, last night in the NHL, besides the Jackets' big 5-1, 5-4 win over the Coyotes, it was the Rangers falling to the Maple Leafs 2-1. Edmonton, a 2-1 winner over the Winnipeg Jets in a shootout. Like I mentioned, the Vegas Golden Knights, a big 5-2 win over the Detroit Red Wings. Calgary shuts out the Buffalo Sabres 5-0. Pittsburgh shuts out the Canadiens 6-0. Florida, a winner 4-1 over the Devils. It was in a shootout. The Lightning, a winner 4-3 over the Flyers. San Jose loses to St. Louis 4-1. It was the Wild 7, Dallas 2. The Hurricanes, a 2-1 winner over the Anaheim Ducks. And Ottawa and Nashville were postponed because Ottawa has COVID. So Ottawa will not be playing hockey for a while. Looking at the games going forward for tomorrow, besides the Jackets playing Vegas, the Hockey Night in Canada game tomorrow will be the Pittsburgh Penguins in Scotiabank place to battle the Toronto Maple Leafs. 7 o'clock puck drop for that one. The nightcap will see the Chicago Blackhawks in Edmonton to battle the Oilers on Hockey Night in Canada. Carolina is in L.A. to battle the Kings. The, the Devils are in Tampa to battle the Lightning. There will be Minnesota in Florida to battle the Panthers. Uh, Nashville travels to Montreal to battle the Canadiens. Flames are in New York to battle the Islanders as the Islanders open their new arena tomorrow night. So that's going to be an interesting one to see. Uh, 7 o'clock puck drop sees Boston in Philadelphia. 8 o'clock Detroit is in Arizona to battle the Coyotes. Dallas is in at home against the St. Louis Blues. Washington is in San Jose to battle the Sharks. Ottawa will not be playing tomorrow. They were scheduled to play the New York Rangers. And looking at the standings going into tonight's play, after tonight's play, here's what it looks like in the Eastern Con All games tonight are in the Western Conference opponents. So these are the updated standings in the Eastern Conference. In the Atlantic Division, the top team is the Florida Panthers at 12-2-3 with 27 points. Toronto is in second at 12-5-1 with 25 points. Tampa is 9-3-3 with 21 points. In the Metropolitan Division is Carolina in the top spot at 13-2-0 with 26 points. Washington is 10-2-5 with 25 points. The Rangers are 10-4-3 with 23 points. Wildcard standings look like this. Philadelphia is holding the top wildcard spot at 8-4-3 with 19 points. Columbus is is 9-5-0 with 18 points overall. On the outside looking, it's the Detroit Red Wings at 8-5-2 with 18 points. The Devils are 7-5-3 with 17 points. Boston 8-5-0 with 16 points. Buffalo 7-7-2 with 16 points. The Penguins 6-6-4 with 16 points. The, the aforementioned Islanders are 5-6-2 with 12 points. Montreal 4-13-2 with 10 points. And the Ottawa Senators 4-10-1 with 9 points. They are not playing the next week because 11 out of the 20-man roster has tested positive for COVID, so there will not be playing games for the next upcoming week. So there's that stat for you right there. So programming note, if you're an Ottawa Senators fan looking for the Senators to watch some games, you got to wait a week, unfortunately, because of that. In the Western Conference, Minnesota is in the top spot in the Central Division at 11-5-0. With 22 points, Winnipeg 9-3-4 with 22 points. St. Louis 9-5-2 with 20 points. In the Pacific Division is Edmonton top spot at 12-4-0 with 24 points. Edmonton 9-3, not, not Edmonton, Calgary 9-3-5 with 23 points. Anaheim 10-5-3 with 23 points. Wildcard, Jackets are going in to battle the Golden Knights tomorrow night who are holding the top wildcard position at 
7-0 and with 20 points overall. Nashville is holding the second wild card spot at 9-6-1 with 19 points. The LA Kings are 8-6-2 with 18 points. San Jose 8-7-1 with 17 points. Colorado 7-5-1 with 15 points. Dallas is 6-7-2 with 14 points overall. Chicago 5-9-2 with 12 points. Starting to turn it around a little bit there. Uh, Vancouver 5-10-2 with 12 points. Seattle 4-11-1 with 9 points overall. And Arizona with their loss yesterday are now 2-13-2 with 6 points. The Jackets... Big win in Arizona. They head down into Bebo, Las Vegas. Now the Golden Knights tomorrow night. Looking at some of the news news and notes around the NHL for you tonight. Of course, the big news will be that the New York Islanders will open their new building tomorrow. Uh, also, Jared Bednar, the former coach of the Cleveland Monsters, gets a two-year contract extension to remain the head coach of the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, good news with the Ottawa Senators, by the way, they have returned to practice. On They will return to practice on Saturday for the first time after three postponed games. As, like I said, 11 players have came down with COVID. Uh, Max Comas from the Anaheim Ducks is out six weeks after having hand surgery. He's out. Uh, San Jose Sharks forward Keith LeBlanc has been suspended one game for his altercation and his actions as well. And, uh, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see what that shapes up. Also, we're getting closer and closer to the Winter Olympics. Uh, Team Canada's roster for 2022 is beginning to shape up. Uh, Doug Armstrong, the GM of the Team Canada, is releasing names here and there. He's talking to players. We'll get the whole NHL list probably upcoming in the next few weeks because a lot of these players have to get ready for the Winter Olympics that will be starting on February 3rd. Or Shirley's birthday. There's that for you. So we'll see how it all shakes out. Yes, this is the NHL. And this is all Andy Elford right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Leaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you for tuning in, as well as on Facebook Live tonight, right here on the Anchor Network. Of course, the question of the night on Facebook Live. We're going to start doing this on our Falcon Friday edition to the program. Uh, we're going to do a question of the night, of course. And with Thanksgiving now less than six days away, I'm going to ask the question. What is your favorite side for Thanksgiving? Of course, for me, it's mashed potatoes and gravy. Delicious. I love me some mashed taters. I love me. Uh, gravy goes great with everything. I, it honestly does. Uh, I know I love I love cranberry sauce. I love cranberry relish. I love stuffing. I love uh, sweet potatoes. I love the pumpkin pie. But what is your favorite side dish for Thanksgiving? Post a comment right here on our Facebook Live, as well as any sports questions that you guys have right here on the Anchor at work, as well as on Facebook Live. So let's dive into some more hockey, of course. Let's talk about what happened over at the Huntington Center tonight as the Walleye returned back to the Huntington Center ice for the first time in about a week as they took on the Iowa Heartlanders. And this was the first time Iowa has come into the Huntington Center 
And let's just say this. For an expansion team, a new team in the ECHL, they're not really that good. Um, you could tell that they're really not that good. Um, shot total-wise, they had only 20 shots on net tonight. And the Wally absolutely dominated them. In the, in the last three games that they have played Iowa, they have outscored the Iowa team by a score of 21 to 4. I don't know if that show that and that shows you how bad Iowa is. That really does. It shows you how bad Iowa is. And now they're 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 building up. They're getting the chemistry together. Now when this team comes back into town in January and February, we're gonna see a different team. It's plain and simple. We're gonna see a different team. We're gonna see a different team. And it's gonna be fantastic, I think. But the walleye getting the business done at the hut tonight. As they went five to one over the Iowa Heartlanders, it all started off with Dickinson getting his his fourth of the season, and the Wally on the board one nothing at the five twenty seven mark of the first period, and then Tomnek on the first period as well, his second of the season from for Garfani and Hill Hillman. Dickinson's goal was by Barry, assisted by Barry and Hensick. It was two nothing fish for Marcus Vela getting his sixth of the season. For Martinette and Keenan, it was 3 nothing fish after 20 minutes of play. Wally continued on with Matt Berry getting his sixth of the season from Hensick and, and Hillman. It was 4 nothing fish after 40 minutes of play. The Bella getting a unassisted goal, a shorthanded goal, making it 5 nothing fish. 9.42 mark of the third period. And then Misley getting the own goal, only goal for Iowa in the game. His third from Bennett and Linhart, and that was the final tonight at the Huntington Center as the Walleye cruised to a 5-1 victory. Like I mentioned, the Walleye outshot Iowa in the game 31-20. Iowa 1-for-3 on the power play. Toledo 1-for-3 on the power play as well. <coughs> we had a couple Interesting developments late in the game, of course. One being the uns- a couple roughing calls, a couple, you know, fighting, uh, uh, grappling matches. But both these teams are playing each other tomorrow night, too. I, I expect, you know, I expect some gl- the-, the gloves to drop tomorrow. I really do. I think Iowa's had enough. I really do. I really think that Iowa's had enough of Toledo getting beat up by Toledo, and I think they're going to come out swinging tomorrow. I think they're going to come out hitting tomorrow. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be an interesting game. I really do. I really think it's going to be an interesting game. By the way, in the game for the walleye tonight was Brant Bratstorm stopping 19 of 20. He only allowed that one goal, his save percentage of a .923. For Iowa in the game, it was Jones. He stopped 26 of 31, giving up five goals to save percentage of a .823. So the Walleye, big 5-1 win in front of, by the way, in front of 6,221 at the Huntington Center tonight. Two hours and 28 minutes took to play the game at the Huntington Center tonight. Other scores from around the ECHL. Indy was a winner 5-2 over the Wheeling Nailers tonight. It was the main Mariners out losing to Jacksonville 4-3. It 
Newfoundland gets a 3-2 win over the Reading Royals. It is Greenville a 2-0 win over the South Carolina Stingrays. The Lions of Troy Riviers, a winner 4-1 over the Worcester Railers, Worcester Railers. Atlanta, a 3-1 win over the Cincinnati Cyclones. Fort Wayne, a 4-2 win over the Kalamazoo Wings tonight. It was Wichita, a winner 4-3 over the Tulsa Oilers. Rapid City getting ready to start the third period. They're up 2-1. And by the way, Idaho is up 3-0 on the Adirondack Thunder. After 40 minutes of play, it is Utah and Kansas City both tied at one apiece. Tomorrow's slate of games, like I mentioned, Jacksonville is in Florida, the Battle of the Everblades. Kalamazoo is in Indianapolis, the Battle of the Fuel. Maine go- travels down to Orlando, the Battle of the Solar Bears. Newfoundland goes to Reading <coughs> to battle the Reading Royals. My apologies. Wooster continues their homestand against the Lions. The Heartlanders. Continue their continue to battle the Wallace seven fifteen puck drop tickets are available by calling four one nine seven two five Wall or ToledoWallace Cincinnati travels and continues to go on their road trip. They're in Atlanta to battle the Gladiators. Fort Wayne welcomes in the Wheeling Nailers. Tulsa takes on the Wichita Thunder. Allen goes into Rapid City to battle the Rush. Adirondack continues their West Coast trip as they go to Idaho. Kansas City goes to Utah to battle the Grizzlies. Looking at the standings in the ECHL for you tonight, the Walleye still in second spot. Fort Wayne is holding the top spot with the ga- the two games at hand that they have over Toledo with their two wins. They're 7-2-1-0 and and with 15 points. Toledo 7-4-0-0 oh oh with 14 points. It is Cincinnati in the third spot at 6-5-0-0 with 12 points. Kalamazoo is 5-4-0-0 with 10 points. You have the Wheeling Nailers at 5-5-0 with 10 points. Indianapolis 4-6-0-1 with 9 points. And the Heartlanders, who the Walleye are playing this weekend, bottom of the basement, bottom of the division, they are 2-7-2-0 with only 6 points. So with them being an expansion franchise, these guys haven't, you know, gelled together. And like I mentioned before, when this team comes back into town in January and February, they're going to be a different team. They're going to be a different team. So take advantage of the points if you're a walleye fan. Take advantage of these points. And like I mentioned before, they're outscoring the wall, outscoring the Heartlanders in their series by a total of twenty-one to four. Take advantage of it now that these guys haven't gelled together. And we'll see how it all shakes out. It really, we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. By the way, I got a chance to watch between the walleye game tonight. I got a chance to flip over to uh, Bally Sports, uh, Great Lakes, and they had the Cleveland Monsters on. They were playing the Syracuse Crunch. Monsters, a big winner tonight, by the way, 5-1. to one. The key piece to this was the first time I have ever witnessed a female head referee. Now, it it, it doesn't blow my mind. I, I am so proud to see women in the hockey rink as a official, especially dominated, a, a, a male-dominated game, which is hockey. And them becoming, them coming into the league, becoming a head official, 
dosing out the penalties, checking the linesmen. Yeah, that, that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect to see. You know, we've got, it's happening in the AHL. It's happening in the ECHL as well. It's going to happen in the NHL in the next few years. So, you know, it's great to see. I absolutely love it. Uh, it kind of was a little, you know, I had some shaky moments for myself watching the game. Between the walleye game and the Monsters game. I was watching a little bit of it. And I was thinking to myself, you know, how is this going to, you know. But she held her own. Especially when the Monsters and the Crunch got into a fight. And it was two, the linesmen were already holding two guys. And another fight was breaking out. She jumped right into it. And I was like, absolutely amazing. So, you know, it's good to see. It's good to see women coming in and dominating the officiating realm of the NA, of the AHL, ECHL. It's going to happen in the NHL. So I'm, I'm ecstatic for it. I am absolutely ecstatic for it. I cannot wait to see how that's going to shape out. We'll see how it all shapes out right here. And, you know, I'll be the one to talk about it right here on all Andy Alford right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening to me tonight, wherever and whenever you're listening to me, thank you so much for tuning in, as well as on Facebook Live as well. Uh, like I mentioned before, the question of the Facebook Live tonight, if you want to post it on their, our comments page, or if you have a comment or question about sports, Posted right here on the page. The comment question tonight with Thanksgiving less than six days away now. Favorite side dish. Like I said, mine was mashed potatoes. That perfect gravy. Got to be perfect. No lumps. No lumps. Plain and simple. So let's dive into it. Let's talk a little college football tonight right here. College weekend is it's huge. It's absolutely huge. A lot of playoff implications, first and foremost. But first, before we get into anything like that, let's talk a little action, Shall we? Let's talk a little action, And let's talk, first and foremost, about the team that's behind me. Let's talk about Bowling Green. Shall we? Shall we? Do you really want me to put through some torture? How bad Bowling Green was... On Tuesday night against Miami of Ohio, the Red Hawks, Ivy League school, more dominant in, 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 in volleyball and in hockey than they are in football. You let them score 34 points. This season's done. 34 points. This season's done. This season is absolutely done. And now the questions will begin for me. We play Ohio next week. After the Friday game, the day after Thanksgiving, the Black Friday game against Ohio, my questions will begin with this administration. Because we are in year three with Scott Leffler. Year three with Scott Leffler. We can blame last year because of COVID. Absolute domination of Toledo. Being beaten and destroyed by Miami of Ohio. Okay? The signature win this year was against Minnesota. I know we were a 38-point underdog in the freaking game. 
But I'm just going to say this. I'm just going to say this. This team and the administration has to really look at recruiting, coaching, and every aspect of the game. Because for the love of God, back-to-back terrible losses during the week is not acceptable. It is not acceptable. When we're on the national television twice during the week on CBS Sports against Toledo and on ESPN on Tuesday night, and we only put a total of 24 points in those two games, we were lucky to get 17 against Toledo because they absolutely dominated us. Absolutely dominated on Tuesday in Miami, in Oxford, as we lost 34 to 7 to the Red Hawks. Bowling Green loses 34 to 7 to the Red Hawks. Brett Gabbert passed for over 227 yards in this game. He had two, two. Touchdown bombs in this game. He was 10 for 20. 227 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Matt McDonald for Bowling Green had an acceptable game. 13 for 28 for 108 yards. He didn't have a touchdown. But Mosley, 15 carries, 94 yards in the game. But, but Shelton was nine carries for Miami. He had two, two touchdowns. Unbelievable. It, it's unacceptable. It, it's unacceptable. QBR rating for Matt McDonald in this game, 10.1. Are you kidding me? Are you bleeping kidding me? Tavion Stewart was the only bright spot in this game for Bowling Green. He had seven carries for 71 yards. He was the only scorer for Bowling Green. The receiving, the receiving core was Bowden with five catches for 53 yards. Osborne, two catches, 24 yards. That's not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it. We want to be competitive. We want to be competitive. Fans, we want to be competitive. Of the 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 Matt Johnsons and the great runs of Bowling Green are done. They're done. They drove it into the river. Hepler's trying to dig it out, but he's driving it deeper. And 
for 20 for Miami of Ohio. 227 yards, two TDs, one interception. Shelton, nine carries, 56 yards, one TD. Davis, six carries, 17 yards, one TD. Swordson, four catches. He torched the secondary of Bowling Green for 111 yards of total offense, one TD. Let me give you the team stats because this is funny. This is absolutely funny. This is absolutely funny. Third down for Bowling Green when they were 5 for 18. Miami of Ohio was 2 for 12 on third down. Both teams over 2 and fourth down. Total yards. Miami of Ohio had 346 total yards of offense. 227 through the air. 119 on the ground. Bowling Green had 250. Eight total yards of offense. 108 yards in total through the air. The completion to attempt ratio, 13 for 30. That's not good. That's not good. That's not good. Yards per pass. So the receiver catches the ball, and he runs, and he gets tackled. The average for a for the NCAA football in a game is usually about five to six yards. Bowling Green was running a three point one. Slant passes, slant passes yet again. Average running attempts for Bowling Green. The average running attempt. It's about five to seven yards. Bowling Green was running at about 4.3 yards to run. And here's where this team lacks in control. That is the penalty markers. They had a total of eight. Eight penalties for 50 yards. Miami had three penalties for 30 yards. And the thing is, Bowling Green has always let in possessions in these last two games. They let in with almost a half hour of offense. Half hour, 30 minutes and 43 seconds. To Miami's 29 minutes and 17 seconds. Are you kidding me? Bowling Green now falls to 3-8 and eight in the season. So... If you're keeping track, like I am, all season long, three non-conference wins and one conference win. This is terrible. It's making my hair go off. This team is... It's got to be recruiting. It has to be. It has to be recruiting. Because it's just not good at all. Good at all. Let's see what happens. We're we're one game away from the end of the season. And then we can look at this season. And I'm going to be asking questions. I am seriously going to be asking questions. Is this team 
you know, legit? Is it absolutely legit? Because this is ridiculous of how bad Bowling Green is. This is really how bad they are. Now, on the other side of perspective, this is Toledo. Toledo comes off of the big win over Bowling Green. They go into Athens, the Battle of the Bobcats, and basically beat the Bobcats 35-23. to Candle running the ship again. Kovac, again, key pieces. Absolutely key. Bowling Green couldn't neutralize Brian Kovac. And, yeah. So Toledo won at 35-23. Eastern was a winner in a shootout 22-21. On Wednesday, Northern Illinois was a winner 33-27 over Buffalo and other max scores. Central, a big 37-17 win. Of the six games that are in the MAC, there will be one tomorrow, of course. We'll talk about that here in just a second. Toledo, I had Toledo, Eastern, and Miami of Ohio because I knew Bowling Green wasn't going to win. So there's that. I had Buffalo and I had Ball State, and those were two losses. So I'm 3-2 and two overall in college football right now. 3-2 and two overall. So that's going to shape up right there. And so tomorrow, noon kickoff on ESPN+. Plus. As Kent State, 5-5 five and five overall, will battle Akron, who is 2-8. Kent State, a 13.5-point favorite in the game. I am actually going to take the Golden Flashes, and they will battle for the Wagon Wheel Trophy tomorrow in Akron. Like I said, noon kickoff for that one on ESPN+. So a lot of implications going forward. And by the way, let's take a look at the college football playoff rankings right now. I think the committee is getting it right in some aspects, but I think they're getting it wrong in some aspects. Pretty much stays the same for week nine of the college of, of this college football playoff rankings. Uh, you have Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State staying in the same positions. You have Cincinnati at five, Michigan at six, Michigan State at seven, and Notre Dame is at eight. And I, I Notre Dame's up a spot. Oklahoma is at 9, Wake Forest at 10, Baylor at 11, Ole Miss at 12, Oklahoma drops 5 positions down to 13, BYU is now 14, Wisconsin is 15, Texas A&M is 16, Iowa 17, Pitt is 18, San Diego State is 19th, uh, North Carolina State 20th, they fall 4 spots, Arkansas is 21st, UTSA is 22nd, Utah 23rd, uh, Houston is 24th, and Mississippi State is 25th with four losses. Why? Why? Why have a four-loss team in the college football playoff? Why? Why? So they could get some promotion out of it? I, I, I just don't get it. I, I just I just don't get it. I just don't get it. We have one game that's going on right now as we speak. As it is Utah battling, not Utah, but uh, Houston battling Memphis. My apologies. Uh, there's 12.45 to go in the third quarter. I took Houston at the beginning of the game. Houston is up 21-3 to on Memphis. The late game, 11.30 on CBS Sports Network as 19th ranked San Diego State takes UNLV. I took UNLV because it's senior night. I think the I think 
they could pull the upset and beat San Diego State. So for entertainment purposes only, here it is. Here is week 12 of the college football predictions from yours truly. So like I said, I have Houston. Core up 21 to 3 on Memphis right now. And I have UNLV as my one of my upsets, getting 19th ranked San Diego State. Tomorrow, new kicks are as follows. I have Georgia beating Charleston South Southern. New kick for that one. I have Wake Forest, 10th ranked overall in the country, 9 and 1 overall, taking on 7 and 3 Clemson. Clemson, a four point favor in the game. I think Wake Forest. Gets the win. Iowa State with Matt Campbell travels down to Oklahoma to battle the Sooners. The Sooners' last game, senior day. Oklahoma, three-and-a-half-point favorite in the game. I am taking these Boomer Sooners on that one. Uh, 16th-ranked Texas A&M welcomes in Prairie View. Prairie View, 7-2 and two overall. Texas A&M, 7-3 overall. I'm taking Texas A&M in that game. Uh... Five and five Tennessee State battles Mississippi State. Mississippi State. Six and four overall. Mississippi State. Right there. Georgia Tech in a Rudy game. I call it the Rudy game because Rudy got the start against Georgia Tech in the in the movie, which is the final home game of the season. It is the final home game of the season for the Irish. At Notre Dame Stadium tomorrow, 2.30 kick on NBC. Notre Dame a 17.5 point favorite in this game. I am taking the Irish, and they need to keep winning. They need to keep winning. They could be the outside looking, outside playoff spot team, in my opinion. An outside playoff spot team looking forward. Let's take a sip of my soda. 21st ranked Arkansas, the Razorbacks a.k.a. the Bacon Bits, travel down to number two ranked Alabama. Roll time, baby. 9-1 overall, Arkansas 7-3, Alabama 20-and-a-half point favorite in the game. I will take Alabama. The Bobcats of – the Bearcats, excuse me. Not the Bobcats. I'm thinking of Ohio Bobcats. The Bearcats of Cincinnati, fifth ranked in the country by the College Football Playoff Committee. We'll take on SMU. <coughs> Excuse me. SMU, 8-2 overall. Cincinnati, 10-0. Perfect so far. Cincinnati, a 10-point favorite in the game. I will take the Bearcats in that one. Pitt goes in, and they host the Virginia uh, Cavaliers. Virginia, 6-4. Pitt, 8-2. 18th ranked in the country. Pitt, a 14-and-a-half-point favorite in the game. I will take the Pitt Panthers. Uh, UAB, 7-3 overall, will take on UTSA, which is the University of Texas at San Antonio, who are 10-0 overall. They are a 4.5-point favorite in the game. I am taking in an upset UAB in this game. I'll take UAB to beat UTSA. 14th-ranked BYU travels to Georgia Southern. BYU, 8-2 overall. Georgia Southern 3-7, BYU a 20-point favorite in the game. I am taking the Cougars of BYU. Syracuse, the Orange, travel into NC State. Uh, NC State, the Wolfpack, 7-3 overall. Uh, Syracuse, 5-5 overall. NC State, a 11.5-point favorite in the game. 4 o'clock kick for that one. I will take NC State in that one. Uh, You also have Kansas State, 
5.30 kick on FS1. Taking on the 11th ranked Baylor Bears. Baylor coming off the big upset, big win over the Oklahoma Sooners. Basically knocking out the Sooners in the college football playoff. Basically, playing spoiler, I am taking the Baylor Bear. I'm taking Kansas State in the game. So I have Kansas State upsetting Baylor. 5.30 kick for that one. Kansas State a one-point favorite in the game. So it's really a pick em. The Saturday night game of the week on ABC sees 23rd-ranked Utah hosting the Oregon Ducks. Oregon third-ranked in the college football playoff. Uh, Utah a three-point favorite in the game. I am actually going to take Utah and knocks out Oregon. Well, the college football playoff. So that means... I think Cincinnati gets in on the next next turnaround. Because there could be two Big Ten teams that could be in. <coughs> there could be two SEC teams that could be in. With Georgia and Alabama. But they're going to figure each other out. You can't put a two-loss Alabama team in the college football playoff. You just can't. You just can't do it. So I see possibly two Big Ten teams, or I see Cincinnati getting into the next round of the college football playoff. The other two games, top 25, 12th-ranked Ole Miss welcomes in Vanderbilt. Vandy 2-8, Ole Miss 8-2. Ole Miss 36-point favorites in the game. I am taking the Rebels of Ole Miss. Ninth-ranked Oklahoma State battled Texas Tech. Oklahoma State 9-1, Texas Tech 6-4, Oklahoma State a 10-point favorite in the game. 8 o'clock kick in Bedlam, to me, in Texas Tech. I'm taking OK State. So that sets up the Big Ten games. A big slate of Big Ten football tomorrow. We're going to start first and foremost with the other game besides the two big games that we're going to talk about. And we'll start with Purdue is at Northwestern. Purdue, 11-point favorites. <coughs> this game taking place at Wrigley Field. Purdue, 11-point favorites in the game. I am going to take Purdue and the 11 points. Rutgers travels the battle to Penn State. Noon kickoff for that one for you, Zach. I'm taking the Nittany Lions to get back onto the winning page. And they will get the big win over the goal, the Knights of Rutgers. Illinois travels to Iowa to battle the Hawkeyes, who are 17th ranked in the country. 2 o'clock kick on FS1. I will take the Hawkeyes in that one. They are a 12.5 point favorite in the game. Nebraska. Travels to Wisconsin, 3.30 kick on ABC. Wisconsin, a 9.5-point favorite. I will take Bucky Badger and the Wisconsin Badgers. Minnesota travels to Indiana, 3.30 kick on Big Ten Network. Minnesota, 7.5-point favorite. I will take the Golden Gophers, which sets up the two big games. We'll start first and foremost with the 3.30 kick. (coughs) Excuse me. As sixth ranked Michigan travels to Maryland to battle the Terps. 330 kick 
on Big Ten Network. Michigan, a 15-point favorite against the Maryland Terps. I will take Michigan in the game. They are, they are laying 15 to Maryland. I will take Michigan and the points. I think it's going to be a route for Michigan. They're going to beat Maryland up, and they're, they're not going to look ahead. They're not going to look ahead, in my opinion. I, I, I just don't think that they're going to look ahead to Ohio State just yet. Because Ohio and, and because little brother is playing Ohio State. And that is the big game. That's the game you circled. That's the game I told you about three weeks ago. If you're an Ohio State fan, to watch. To see if this team is ready for the playoffs. And this is a huge game. College game day in Columbus tomorrow. You have two of the big programs that are basically going to, (coughs) excuse me, basically going to determine how this Big Ten East is going to shape up. Ohio State wins. It's all settled. Ohio State will win the East. They will win out, I think, and we'll have Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. You Buckeye fans can just look at the Michigan game and say, we have to beat Michigan. Of course, you always have to beat Michigan. But you can look at that game and say, okay, after the after that Michigan game, who do we play? Do we play Wisconsin? Do we play Minnesota? Do we play Iowa? Who do we play? In my opinion, I think you're going to play Wisconsin. I really, really do. But it will figure itself out. But the, the test in front of you is Michigan State. <clears throat> As Michigan State is 7th ranked in the country, they will take on Ohio State. Ohio State laying 19 points in this game tomorrow at noon at the shoe on senior day. <sighs> Big game. I think the Buckeyes get it done. It'll be close. It's going to be close. In the words of, let me do it. In the words of Lee Corso, close. Close. I think a field goal causes it. <coughs> I take Michigan State in the points, but Ohio State outright wins the game. In the in the game, I take Ohio State to beat Michigan State. And basically sets up what next week is a real rivalry game between Ohio State and Michigan. And it's going to be perfect. It's going to be honestly perfect to see. So we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. So, again, recapping. Top 25 predictions. (coughs) And I do apologize for coughing. I have a little tickle in the back of my throat right now. As we're doing the show live on Facebook Live, by the way. Hi to all the viewers. Um, and to all those that are listening to the podcast, I do apologize. You might want to turn the volume down just a little bit because of my coughing. As 
I have Houston and UNLV tonight. UNLV the upset. I have Georgia, Wake Forest, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Mississippi State, and Notre Dame. I have Alabama, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, UNAB in the upset. BYU, NC State, Kansas State over Baylor. And I have Utah over Oregon. That is the upset special of the weekend. Old Miss and Oklahoma State. <coughs> Mac games. I'm already three and two. I had Toledo Eastern, Miami of Ohio on Tuesday. Buffalo and Ball State was losers for me. I have Kent State tomorrow beating Akron. And in the Big Ten, I have Purdue, Penn State, Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota. I have Michigan over Maryland and Ohio State over Michigan State. So take that as the entertainment purposes only as you are listening and watching all Andy Alford tonight. Right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight as we now dive into week 11 of the National Football League. So a big win last night for the New England Patriots as the Patriots shut out the Atlanta Falcons last night as you're listening to all of the offer tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning in as they shut out the Falcons 25 to nothing yesterday. Are the Patriots back? A lot of people think that they are. They're, the chemistry is starting to become apparent for them there. Does Bill Belichick have the right pieces? I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, this team is still <coughs> this team is still young, and I think Mac Jones is on the on the right path. But you know, their their signature wins for me in New England. For me, they they have seven wins this year. Their signature win, of course, they beat the Browns handedly. You know, if they would have, if Dak wouldn't have thrown the touchdown in overtime, they would have won the game, in my opinion. I think, you know, they won't have like a true signature win besides the Browns game. I mean, last night against Atlanta was just a domination. And, it was to be expected. I, I had New England in the game. I had them winning outright in the game. And I was right. <clears throat> and just to beat them by 25, it just says a lot. It just says a lot right there. And it, it puts question marks in Atlanta for me. I think because, you know, and I, I, I got to give credit to Matt Ryan. He has balls to stay in as much as he did after being absolutely dominated on the defensive side from from New England and hobbling and, you know, not being at 100% coming out of the halftime, being hit. I am just 
I would say absolutely the tip of the cap to Matt Ryan for coming out in that second half and just being somewhat good. Somewhat good. As Mac Jones set, went 22 for 26 for 207 yards, one TD, and one interception. Ryan, 19 for 28. He threw two picks of the game and 153 yards of total offense. 153 yards total offense. So, with all that in mind, a great way to kick off week 11 of the National Football League. Let's look at the games. <coughs> the lines, as well as my predictions for week 11 of the National Football League. We'll start first and foremost at Ralph Wilson Stadium as the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagon. On the test in front of them as they take on the Indianapolis Colts. <coughs> Buffalo, a seven-point favorite in the game as they take on Indianapolis. I will take the Bills to beat the Colts in that one. As Bills are seven-point favorites in the game. One o'clock kick on CBS. Also at one o'clock on CBS. The six and three Ravens battle Justin Fields and the Chicago Top Bears. Soldier Field. Uh, Baltimore six-point favorite in the game. I am going to take the Ravens. Chicago isn't that good this year. Chicago isn't that good this year. Tennessee eight and two overall takes on the Houston Texans, who are one and eight. Tennessee ten-point favorites in the game. One o'clock kick on CBS. Titans tighten up, baby. The marquee game, a 1 o'clock kick, is Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers traveling to TCF Field to battle Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota, a Green Bay, a one-point favorite in the game. <coughs> so it's a virtual pick for this game. I am taking Minnesota in this game. It's one of my... Specials on Sunday. I'm taking the Vikings over the Packers on Sunday afternoon. One o'clock kick sees the Dolphins three and seven taking on the J E T S. Sucks, sucks, sucks. Who are two and seven? The Dolphins three and seven. Miami a three and a half point favorite in this game. I am taking the Dolphins in the game. <clears throat> One o'clock kick on Fox sees the Saints, who are five and four, taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles four and six, the Saints five and four. Philadelphia two and a half point favorite in the game. I am taking the New Orleans Saints in the game. Washington travels to Carolina to the battle of the Panthers. Cam Newton first home game back. Washington three and six. Uh, Carolina 5-5, five and five. I think this gets them back in the winning page. And that win against Arizona, for me, tells me that Carolina is possibly, possibly back in that division. Uh, back possibly for a playoff position. Now you have a healthy Christian McCaffrey. You have a Cam Newton who is out for revenge. A defense is getting better. Gotta take, gotta take 
Carolina. And I think Carolina gets the job done. And they are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I will take Carolina. The other 1 o'clock kick is San Francisco, the 49ers, the Wet Jeans, taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars 2-7, and seven, the 49ers 4-5. and five. San Francisco, six-and-a-half-point favorites in the game. I will take the 49ers, which sets up the local game, the only game between the two teams. <coughs> and it's a pretty big one. <clears throat> it's a pretty big one, in my opinion. It's the Battle of the Great Lakes. It's the Battle of Lake Erie. As the 0-8-1 Detroit Lions travel to First Energy Stadium to battle Baker Mayfield and now Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt who are now active and healthy, and the Cleveland Browns. We're going to get destroyed. We are going to, the Lions are going to get destroyed on Sunday. Kareem is going to just destroy us. Chubb is going to annihilate us. Mayfield is just going to be dropping bombs in that secondary. Now, the Lions, the tie. Let's get into that because I was off on Monday because of my cold. I was like... (coughs) My apologies. Definitely ill on Monday. Let's talk about the tie really quickly. A tie. That's all we could get against the Steelers. A tie. Unbelievable. Should have broke out the hanky. Start crying. A tie. A tie. So this season we're going to go 0-16-1. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. But the Browns, a 12-point favorite in the game on Sunday at First Energy Stadium. I'm taking the Browns. Which sets up the Thanksgiving game for us, trying to find our first win. Can we win on Thanksgiving? No. Do I see us winning another game? No. I'm I'm not putting any bet on it. I am not putting anything on rest of the season. I just don't see it. We could get one win against Atlanta. Do I see it? No. I think the Lions do not win another football game. They will not win another football game the rest of the year. It's just plain and simple. The math doesn't look favoritism towards it. But the problem is the NFL is so inconsistent in play. One week you have Jacksonville, who absolutely beats Buffalo 9-6. to The following week, Buffalo absolutely destroys their opponent. Or Dallas, who looks absolutely dreadful against Denver. The next week they go play Atlanta, and they destroy Atlanta. Unbelievable. 
Absolutely unbelievable. But I have the Browns beating the Lions on Sunday. Four o'clock kicks. Four oh five CBS. Excuse me. Cincinnati travels to Vegas to battle the Raiders. Cincinnati a one point favorite in the game. Gonna take the Raiders at home. It's a basically a pick 'em game. I'm gonna take the Raiders. I don't think the Bengals get to five hundred. I I I I just don't see it. Arizona travels to Seattle to battle the Seahawks. Russell Wilson's first game back after the injury and after the shutout. I think they're all out for revenge. Arizona coming off of the loss to Carolina last week. They're going to look for redemption. I don't think they get it in the 12th man. I think Seattle gets the big win. Uh, which sets up the 425 kick on Fox. As the Cowboys travel to Kansas City. This is Pat, the battle. Patrick Mahomes. Patty Mahomes! Patrick Mahomes! Chiefs. Dallas for real at 7-2. and two. I, I, I still don't buy into it, but I'm going to buy into it this week. I'll buy into it. I, I, Kansas City, you know, showed me some great greatness against the Raiders. They showed me some greatness to the Raiders. But to me, if I see them beating the Cowboys who are, you know, great on defense, I'll take Dallas to beat Kansas City. Sunday Night Football on NBC, the 5-3-1 Pittsburgh Steelers take on the San Diego, the formerly San Diego Chargers, now the L.A. Chargers. Chargers six-point favorite in the game. I will take the Chargers. Monday Night Football sees Tampa Tom, Tom Brady, and the <coughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers battling the G-Men. The Giants, Giants six and three, and excuse me, three and six. Tampa Bay six and three. Tampa eleven point favorite in the game. I will take Tampa. So to recap, I had New England on Thursday night. That was a win. I have Buffalo beating Indianapolis, Baltimore beating Chicago, Tennessee beating Houston. The upset, one of the upsets. Minnesota beating Green Bay tomorrow on Sunday. Miami over the Jets. New Orleans over Philadelphia, Washington over Carol, Carolina over Washington, San Francisco over Jacksonville. In the Battle of Lake Erie, I have Cleveland over Detroit, the Raiders over Cincinnati, Dallas over Kansas City in the in the Sunday afternoon primetime game. I have Seattle over Arizona, the Sunday night football game, Chargers over Pittsburgh, and Tampa over the New York football giants. So programming note, by the way, programming note, we have three games on Thursday. We will do a anchor network show on Thursday to recap the whole weekend of college football and the NFL slate. We will also have the predictions for Thanksgiving Day because we are not going to be doing a Falcon Friday next Friday because it falls in the Black Friday holiday area. We got all that going on. 
But Saturday, check to the Twitter accounts, check to the Facebook accounts. You'll hear the predictions for the college football slate for Friday and Saturday, as well as the NFL prediction for Week 12. We will not be doing a show, a Falcon Friday show, next Friday because of the holiday falling on Thursday, that gray area on Friday, and then, or excuse me, black blackness on Black Friday. And we'll go into the big college football Saturday, the final weekend of the college football slate. As you are watching and listening to all Andy Elford tonight right here, on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the show, as well as on Facebook Live tonight, right here, as uh, we're going to dive into uh, other topics right here on the Anchor Network, including an Andy Rants. Uh, but we're going to end the program right here on Facebook Live tonight. Uh, so find us on the Anchor Network for the exclusive ending to all Andy Elford tonight. So until then, this is Andy Elford saying, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. The game of life, keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home and to my teams, go Jackets! Go Falcons, even though we absolutely suck in football. See what happens on Sunday. Go Browns and go Lions. Hey, football. Victory is sweetest when you have tasted defeat. Have a great weekend, everybody. I will talk to you guys on Tuesday on the Anchor Network for another edition of All Andy Alford. Go over to the Anchor Network now. Listen to it. This is the end of the program. So here's some exclusive content right here on All Andy Alford. This is... Uh, all Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. As uh, we are finishing up our program tonight, we just ended it here on Facebook Live tonight, giving you the football predictions and everything like that. Uh, to be honest with you guys, I was in the middle of the program tonight, I was. I started feeling. Um, I I started feeling like I had a scratchy throat. I still do. And I'm gonna be coughing a little bit here on the show, and I do apologize. I'm trying my best to get through this cold. Uh, it's not COVID. I know it's not COVID because of the two tests, but, um. You know it's it, it's difficult to sometimes do a show when it's when you're battling battling sickness <clears throat> especially when you're it's a talking show and uh, I've had it happen before many times when doing the show one time we were doing the show I was doing the show I was taping it and all of a sudden I took a mucinex before I started taping and all of a sudden I got all warm it felt like I was having a hard time breathing at the same time it was it was it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. And I I I really thought at that point that I that something was seriously wrong with me. 
But, um, you know, I plowed through the show, and I, I actually felt a lot better after I after that happened. So, again, I do apologize for coughing on the air tonight while I was doing the show. And I do apologize for, like, blowing my nose and stuff like that. But, uh, like I said, I'm just coming back from being having cold. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best to give you guys the best content that I can give you. And uh, I do apologize to that. And when I, when I do a show, I usually have like a cough button and stuff like that. But when it comes to like a Facebook live show, it's straight live air. It's straight talk. We don't edit anything here. We don't execute anything here. And so uh, I do apologize for coughing on the air for you guys and I know some of you might find it wrong for me to do that I do apologize um so there is that for you right here on the anchor network <coughs> um want to talk about uh something that's happening here in the local spectrum of the world and um wanted to talk about something that you know is dear and dear to my heart um wanted to discuss what is happening on my all the monitor um what's happening at Toledo School for the Arts um if you haven't heard the news as of late uh paid administrative leave on uh, one Mr. David Sager after him and a student were in an altercation between each other. And uh, basically the student, say David Sagers, uh, took the backpack from a student and it got into a pushing and shoving an altercation. And uh, David um, did some things to the student. And um, the school has not been the same since. <clears throat> uh, the students had a walkout on Monday. There's over a hundred students that did the walkout on Monday, and uh, you know they have every right to do that. You know, uh, I I stand with the students and the faculty agreed with the students in that in the aspect of what's happening. You know, you just you just can't do stuff like that. And, you know, today's day and age, we have, we're grown up and matured. We know what's happening in the world. And there's something like that cannot, should not, and will not be tolerated in this world. You can never put a hand on a, on a student. You know, TSA has always been a friendly p place when I was there. You know, I was I went to school from TSA from two thousand and three till I graduated in two thousand and eight. I went through junior high to high school, went through two buildings, uh had a you know, a great principal in Howard Walters, who was absolutely a fantastic human being. And him to get the shaft and run ran out of town was just absolutely horrendous. Um, you know, 
the staff there has been there's a lot of core people that I actually love there. I know Jamie Dow and Jay Wallens, as well as uh, Ken Burchette. Even though Burchette and I, you know, sometimes have quarrels. I had quarrels back in the day. We both, I honestly respect each other, and you know, I respect him, and hopefully he respects me. Uh, the staff there has been, you know, great. It back when I was there, and you know, I know times change, people move on, people retire, people leave, and you know, though the way that the school has evolved you know from being a uh, you know a school that was you know uh focused in on the arts and the academic sides of things and having the highest you know the highest graduation rate and everything like that and the highest proficiency and and you know doesn't give you the right to push a student around doesn't give you the right to knock students down when it comes to stuff like this and you know I love I, I, I me and me and Mr. Sagers were good were good friends you know we always would see each other in passing we would talk about the we would talk about my singing and my pat and my passion and singing and stuff like that and you know he he's a great guy and he was a he's a great guy and you know i think he just got he's he's got the better i think the situation got the better of him in aspects but you know he's wrong and he's wrong in the aspect of what he did and uh, i'm not going to make any excuses for him uh i'm not I don't give him a judge a, a character when it comes to that, but from what I've seen of him in the past, and you know, especially in the days if you're if you listen to my shows, or you've been with me in my life, and been with me through the thick and thin of when I was in high school to where I am at today, you know, he he was a key piece of me. Uh, pushing myself more and more to do great things. And, um, you know, there's just a few people in this world that I actually am so grateful for at TSA. He's one of them. Dave Gerke, another one. Jamie Dow, another one. Uh, uh, Mr. Carr and Tom Ulrich, the, the American history teachers, they were fantastic. I loved hanging out with them. Uh, Jamie Neragon, you know, Deb Calabrese, Jay Wellens, Miss uh, Hayes, Elizabeth Hayes, you know, Ken Zerker. My God, the man is a genius. He is a great musician, a great person, a great humanitarian. You know, Joy Carson. I love Miss Carson. You know, uh, Mrs. Bose, Laura Bose, all the staff there when I was there was just fantastic. They were nice. They're nice, you know. And, and so, you know, one bad egg when it comes to 
David Sager because of the situation. You know, it just I I just don't want TSA to lose the tarnership that it has because of this incident. The students have every right to protest what happened, and the staff have absolutely every right to agree with the students. You know, you can't have it happen. You can't have it happen. So, you know, I stand with you students at TSA. I stand with, uh, I hope the, the administration does a formal investigation, but the man, you know, the man has character. The man ha- is great to the school. The man has done a lot of great things for the school. Uh, so we can't just pass judgment on one altercation. And, you know, the staff has to look into themselves. And I'm not knocking the staff. But with the reports coming out from students as well as fac- as other faculty and parents of the students, what they're saying about TSA... You know, it really hurts. It kind of tarnishes the the um, the integrity and what the rightness of Toledo School for the Arts is. Um, I always love the school. I always will love the school. I'm proud to be an alumni of the school. I'm proud to be in every aspect the student of the year because of that. But it just, I just think what happened this week, you know, it, it, it basically, I, I look at it as a rose. And there has been bruising on the rose. And in all aspects, do we keep the bruised part or do we clip the bruised part? The investigation will prove one way or the other. So that's that for you. Um, the other thing, of course, was the announcement that I wanted to talk about. Because we were talking to Andy Rance, by the way, right here on the Anchor Network. Um, the other announcement was that the... That the... LPGA came out with their list this past week of the events coming forward for the 2022 season. And for me it it it, it was kind of kind of cool to see Honestly, cool to see the the full list that came out. Looking at the list, they're going to be in Canada before the Dana Open. And then afterwards, they're going to be in Cincinnati for the Kroger Queen City. So, you know, it's honestly cool to see. It honestly is cool to see going forward that the Dana Open is going to be in with the mix. It's honestly going to be in with the mix. And... For me, one of the big lists that got dropped was was the uh, 
was the big thing that got dropped today from the Toledo Walleye. And that was the announcement of the players that are going to be playing in the Walleye alumni team. So let me go over the roster really quick for you. Now, the ticket, they're going to be playing this game. This is an exhibition contest. There will be two 25-minute running time periods with a 20-minute intermission in this game. So the, the Toledo Hockey alumni will be consisted of three gold diggers, which is Rick Pye, Bill Joyce, and Jim McCabe. It will be mostly consistent of Toledo Storm players. Taylor Roscup, Doug Teske, Bruce McDonald, Pat Pillipuke will be playing, Andy Suey, Ian Duncan, Gordy Hunt, Rick Judson, Nick Fatusi, Rick Corvo, my favorite, one of my favorites, Mark Deasley, Dominic Osmond, as well. As well as Greg Wolf for the Toledo Wall for Toledo Walleye, these players will be Phil Roth, Evan Rankin, Kyle Page, Kyle Rogers, Kyle Bonus, Greg Wolf, Joel Charlenoy, Jeff Mercer, Jeff Lurk, and Scott Sarnausen. Now, also, the big one to me that not that many people are talking about out of here is Chris Blight. Chris Blight is going to be on this roster too. And we will post a video on our Facebook page of all the players and the Wally's announcement of who's going to be playing in the Toledo Alumni Classic. So that's going to wrap it up for all Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network. And again, I want to thank you for listening. And again, I do apologize for the coughing and the and the in the and the uh, in the uh, the illness that I'm in, I do apologize. I try to give you the best show that I can, and I do apologize. So until I talk to you guys, hopefully healthy and much better on Tuesday. This is Andy Alford saying, "I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. The game of life. Keep your stick on the ice, and the teams you root for at home. And my teams, go Jackets, Walleye." And go Falcons, even though you lost to Miami of Ohio. Go State. Go Lions. See if we can get a win, maybe on Sunday. But go Browns. That's where I think the win's going to go. And hit them straight. Victory is sweetest when you have Tate's defeat. Have a great night, everybody. I'll talk to you guys on Tuesday for another edition of All Andy Alford. Love you guys. Talk to you guys then. This has been a special presentation of All Andy Alford, the Falcon Friday edition. You can be a part of the show by following us on Twitter. It is at All Andy Alford. It is at All Andy Alford, as well as Facebook.com slash All Andy Alford. You can listen to the replay on our Facebook page after the live show is done as well as listen to it anytime right here on the Anchor Network.